my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where of course we talk about each and every week the way the world is changing through what I call the decentralized revolution. Of course, we're talking about a world of centralization, central control, central planning into a decentralized world, a multipolar world, if you want to call it that from like a geopolitical picture. And really the thing that we like to look at is the intersection of politics, finance, and technology. Of course, it's always technology that changes the world. It changes the way we communicate, organize. And of course, today we are seeing this change of technology, and that is the decentralized technology of Bitcoin that's changing every aspect of the world. I want to have a, have a big show today, as always. I have a very ambitious schedule. We'll see how much I can get through. And I want to talk about how they stole your life and you didn't even notice. Now, what does that even mean? Well, it means a lot of things. We're going to talk about how your life has actually been stolen. We're going to talk about your freedoms, how they've been stolen, your freedom of expression, your property, uh, you know, the freedom of expression, uh, the, the ability to transact and hold private property. We're going to talk about legalization questions. Um, and so much more. There's a lot to cover, so we're going to get into this. If you miss any of this, don't worry, I got you back. Just check me out on the podcast. Just search Mark Moss Show on your favorite podcast player, and you can find all of the archives there. Go ahead and feel free to listen to them if you want. And if you wouldn't mind, just do me one small, simple favor, and that would be just to comment and share the episode. If you did that, that'd be amazing. I'm trying to get more people to see these, and so any type of feedback you can give me on the podcast app would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So, we talk about stealing your life. I know that sounds like a really big thing, and it is. And I want to go just philosophical with you for a second, and then we'll get a little bit more tactical. But you have to understand that um, the law of energy states that energy can't be created. 
energy can only be transferred. All right. So in order for you and I to stay alive, we must consume calories. Calories are a unit of energy, right? So I need food, which gives me energy. That energy allows me to think and work to do more things. Now that energy that I got in those calories wasn't created. It came from the, from what I ate, like the animal, the cow, I like to eat steak. So that cow, I like to say that I'm a, uh, uh, you know, the, oh, I'm not gonna say it, but uh, the, the cow eats grass, right? So I'm a plant-based, I'm on a plant-based diet. My cows eat plants, I eat the cows. Uh, but you know, you have soil in the earth, the plant grows up, there's energy in that, the cow eats that, there's proteins in the grass, the cow goes big, I eat the steak, I get the proteins from the steak, the calories. And then I have calories, units of energy that I can now think to talk to you about subjects like this, or I can go work, build a fence or dig a hole, whatever that may be. Now, if you understand that core premise that then my life, I need calories, I need energy to come into them, in order to stay alive. Now, let's say that I have to dig a hole for four hours a day in order to earn enough for me to live. Those four hours that I work provides me with enough food and uh, supplies where I can get shelter for the day. But let's say that I decide to work an extra four hours that day, so I work eight hours. Well, those extra four hours, I don't need that today. I don't need that food, so what do I do? Well, I can store that wealth in like money. Um, and then tomorrow I could choose not to work or expend energy. And I could then use that money to then provide me sustenance for that day. So that money becomes like a battery for me. It's like a life battery, just like fat on your body is a life battery. Let's say if you had like a real rare form of like diabetes where you couldn't keep fat on, well, then you have to be eating constantly to keep calories coming in. Otherwise you die, but we store fat on our bodies, which allows us to live for weeks, um, or over a month without eating because we can tap into that. That fat on your body is like a battery for your life. If you don't eat, you can continue to run. Uh, but again, if I have money, that money is also an extension of my life. I expended energy. And now that what I buy with that, that extra food or whatever is like a battery for me. Let's say that I save up enough and I buy a, a goat. Well, now that goat is like a battery. If I don't work for a few weeks, I could kill the goat. I could eat it. So it's like a, it's like an extension. I, I, you know, I buy a piece of land. I, I start growing crops. I have a garden, a field, whatever. That's a battery for me and I can live off of that. And so all of that becomes an extension of my life. And the reason why I want to break it down to that philosophical level is because what we're talking about today, where they're stealing your life. And I don't mean like, uh, you know, putting you in prison, uh, but literally as they steal your property or your ability to earn property or literally steal the value from what you've created, that's literally still in your life. So I'm going to break that down for you. So let's talk about this. So, you know, if we start again, kind of staying high, sort of high level on this sort of uh, philosophical level, if we think about it from uh, multiple levels, we can think about it just as my life as a human being, one thing that separates human beings from animals is that we can communicate. We can speak, <laughs> we can think, we can ideate, we can speak. And so that is something that's super important. It's unique to us as humans. That's a characteristic of it. And it's our life to be able to do that. If they want to restrict your ability to speak or your ability to express yourself, then they're stealing that from you. I know that's a little bit philosophical, but that's the way it works. Now, we, we uh, know, you know we have famous quotes from our founding fathers. These guys were so smart. 
The founding fathers were so smart uh, for a number of reasons. And I think we probably won't ever have people as smart as them because we have TikTok now. But, you know, they sat around and just read books and they studied history. They read the books and they discussed these ideas. One of my favorite authors, uh, F.A. Hayek, is a Nobel Prize winner in economics, um, he wrote a, a, a bunch of great books, one of which is a highly, highly, highly recommend everybody put on your list, which is The Road to Serfdom. If you haven't read that book, uh, don't pass go. <laughs> Open up Amazon on your app and uh, buy that book right now, um, Road to Serfdom. Um, his seminal book, which is called The Constitution of Liberty. And in that book, it had, I believe, 1,900 citations in nine different languages. <laughs> like, whoa. 1900 citations. It's amazing. Like nobody's ever going to be that smart again because now we're distracted by all these things. Anyway, the founding fathers were very smart and they, they, they gave us a lot of warnings. And if you read these warnings, you can see uh, how relative they are for today. So for example, Benjamin Franklin, it's uh, attributed to him or, or Jefferson. We're not quite sure, but he says those who give up essential Liberty in exchange for a little bit of temporary safety deserve neither deserve neither Liberty or safety. And we see that all the, all the time, right? Everybody is giving up liberty. Fine, I'll, just, I'll, I'll accept the lockdown if you keep me safe. Right? We see that all the time. Uh, so we've been given all types of uh, warnings like that. But what does that mean? Like, what is freedom? Well, you can define it different ways. I've asked a lot of people these questions, and I get a lot of different answers. To me, I would like to go back to F.A. Hayek's book, The uh, Constitution of Liberty, and I think about liberty, because free, freedom is typically free from something. So I, I like to think about liberty, which could be kind of interchangeable, but I think about um, freedom being uh, the freedom from coercion. And coercion is when somebody forces me to take one of their options. So you believe you have the option to choose, but the reality is either choice that you make leads to their end. So for example, take the jab or lose your job. Well, I have a choice. I can lose my job or take the jab, but either way, either one of those options that I am choosing now lead to your ends. See, I want to be freedom. I want to be free to choose the option that leads to my own ends free from coercion. So that's how I would define that. Now, when you understand how freedom works, ability to be free from coercion, freedom isn't anything. Freedom isn't I can't just go slap you in the face and I can't harm another person. I should just be free from coercion. So I could direct my life as I see fit. So I can choose what I want to do. And really, at the end of the day, it's always your choices. That's why you see uh, twins born in the same family, the same neighborhood, same economic, same school, same friends, same parents, same genes, same everything end up in two different places. Because along the way, they made different choices. Now, it's pretty interesting today, they want to talk about how we all need to be equal not equal as opportunity, but equal on outcome. But how can we be equal on outcome if we can have different choices? And there you have it. If we can just limit everyone's choices, then maybe we can get everybody to an equal outcome. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about how they stole your life. We started from a philosophical level. We're going to take it down into something more, much more tactical so you can understand how this is impacting your life. And of course, what we can do about it. I got to take a quick break, though. We'll be gone just for a second. Don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we are talking about how they stole your life. And again, we started from a very philosophical level. We're diving down in deep to practical applications so you can understand what we're talking about. We started talking about taking away your freedom, which is part of your human ability to express express yourself. Now, the one thing I want to draw back to is that we have the ability, uniquely as humans, to communicate. And so if you pass laws that prevent me from communicating, that's taking away part of my life. Now I can't think properly or I can't speak properly. I can't express myself properly. I'd like to add that, you know, Benjamin Franklin said that the freedom of speech, freedom of communication, freedom of speech is the foundation upon all other freedoms are, are built. I would actually say that I believe that the freedom to transact is the foundation of all others. Now you could say that uh, communication is a transaction, right? We're communicating value to each other. But I would say specifically the freedom to transact is the foundation of all others. So for example, the First Amendment in the Constitution guarantees us um, the, 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 you know, the freedom of speech, guarantees us that. However, if I don't have money to buy a phone to go on social media or a computer to go on social media or to print flyers or to build a website or to write a blog, do I really have the ability to speak? Uh, we're guaranteed the freedom of assembly. 
But if I can't pay to put gas in my truck to drive to the assembly or I can't pay for food when I get there, I can't pay to get a hotel room, then do I really have the freedom to assemble, right? And so without the freedom to transact, all of that falls apart. You know, we've seen this been infringed in any number of ways, and these things do get messy, and uh, freedom is messy. Uh, you know, where we see um, cases like, so for example, where um, the Supreme Court ruled about this Colorado case where they didn't want to bake a cake. They don't want to bake a cake for a certain group of people. Now, you could look at that and say that they were the, the, the company that refused to bake the cake was infringing on the other people's rights to receive a cake. But the problem is, in my opinion, and I believe this to be a priori truth, not just an opinion, but you can decide for yourself, is that we have inalienable rights that have been given to us by our creator. Um, the Constitution has protected those rights, but those rights can't infringe on your rights. So I have a right to pursue my life as I see fit, as I told you, free from coercion, but I don't have a right to health care. I have a right to free speech. That's my right. I don't have a right to health care. And the reason why I don't have a right to health care is because that means a doctor has to provide that to me. But how can I have a right to your labor? I can't. I can't have a right. And so in this case, for example, if they said that you, um, this cake shop must make a cake for this couple, how can this couple have a right to those people's labor? If, if someone has a right to my labor, if I have to, somehow the court forces me to work for free to provide health care or to make a cake or whatever for you, then I'm a slave. Now, I, my freedoms have now been taken away. And so that's where the line is drawn, in my opinion. Now, you could argue that, well, you have to make the cake because those people have a right to receive a cake. Well, they don't. You can't have a right to receive a cake because that requires someone else's labor. Now, you should have the right to bake a cake if you see fit, certainly. But you can't have a right to have someone else make a cake for you. Um, but I'd love to hear what your thought on that. Feel free. Hit me up on social media at one Mark Moss. Let me know what you think. I'd love to get some feedback from you on that. Um, we can see numerous examples of this of freedom of expression. So, for example, we've seen um, schools like in uh, New Jersey ban the use of religious clothing um, and things like that. Um, they banned, you know, wearing MAGA hats, for example. Um, they banned, you know, American flags in some cases. So where do those rights infringe on other people's? You know, I would argue that hanging a flag doesn't necessarily infringe on my right. Um, you might hang something that I don't agree with. As a matter of fact, uh, one of my properties I own in Texas, the neighbors hang some flags that I don't agree with out there, but that's their right to hang them. It's also my right to not to look at them if I don't want to. But then, you know, in, you know, let's say gated neighborhoods like homeowners associations, for example, they could of course pass rules of the homeowners association that you're not allowed to hang flags, but that's not, that's not infringing on my right because I could leave that neighborhood. I used to live in a gated neighborhood and they did things that I felt <laughs> I didn't agree with. And so I left and I moved to a neighborhood without an association. And now I can do those things. Um, other examples of this, you know, freedom of speech that we see or freedom of expression uh, that we see all the time. We can see many examples. So, for example, Jason Aldean recently, he's been um, sort of, well, depends on which side of the aisle you're on. He's either been demonized <laughs> or he's been celebrated for making a song talking about like try that in a small town. And, uh, you know, he talks about this song like uh, you, you, you wouldn't be able to get away with these types of things in a small town. And he was basically saying what's been going on in the big cities 
Um, you couldn't do that in a small town because a small town has a culture and has a community and people have duties and responsibilities to that community and they value that community and they wouldn't allow you to get away with those types of things that you see in these big cities. Somehow that became a big problem and now cancel culture has come out in full force to try to cancel him for that song. Now, never mind all these other songs you hear about, you know, killing people and robbing people and selling drugs to people. Never mind all those songs. Those are all okay. But if you talk about community and sense of duty and responsibility, that's a problem. So he got canceled for that. Uh, but that takes away his freedom of expression, but also it takes away my ability to hear. Interesting. So these are things, you know, of course, we see this happening through the Twitter files. Um, it's been uh, exposed pretty well now that Elon Musk bought that and kind of exposed it. Um, they don't want you to see that, that they're doing that. And so they've been now trying to get that hidden. They've deleted some records. Uh, a judge basically said the Biden administration can no longer reach out and use Twitter, coerce Twitter to change that. And of course, the Biden administration doesn't like that. And so they've even filed an appeal wait a minute, court, wait a minute. No, 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 you can't take away right. We have to, uh, you have to allow us to do that. Um, and so again, they want to continue to take away that right. Now, what about your property? As I kind of set up before the commercial break, I was talking about how really all property comes from our labor, which is my life, meaning I have to expend my life force, my life energy, and the time, time is the most scarce asset we have. I have to expend those two resources, my life, in order to gain property, um, John Locke, he says that the right to property is the most sacred of all rights of man. The right to own property. Man owns property. That's the way it works. Um, in the Bible, in the Ten Commandments, the Eighth Commandment is the thou shalt not steal. Well, by saying thou shalt not steal, that means that I can't steal, which means I can't take away someone else's property, which means that those property rights are given in the Bible by that. Now, it's interesting to look at the opposite of this, where Karl Marx wrote in the Communist Manifesto, to summarize communism in one statement is the abolition of private property. It's the exact opposite. So you got thinkers like John Locke, you got the Bible um, talking about having strong property rights and the problems that break down in society when people steal that property from you. And then, of course, you have Karl Marx and uh, communism over here saying, no, it's all about abolishing pro private property. Let's get rid of that. Now, we can talk about that from a many different reasons of why that is a bad thing in my mind. We'll come back to that in a little bit. But if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're um, talking about how they are still in your life. Things in your life, like your freedoms, freedom, like things like freedom of expression, things like your property, which, as I said, is an extension of your life and it gets worse. Don't worry, we're gonna get into the tactics here coming up next, and of course, things that you can do to protect yourself against that. So don't go away, because I'm gonna be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought 
in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about how they are stealing your life, which just sounds like a big title, and it is. We started from the philosophical level of how your private property is your life. Now, it's being taken from you in a number of ways. Of course, we talked about like sort of like the uh, most direct way, um, which is, uh, you know, taking your private property. And we see that, uh, you know, we, we actually really saw that happen throughout the pandemic when we started having massive protests all over the world or really uh, all over the world, but yes, in the United States. And what you saw, which was very disturbing to me, was that when anybody would try to defend their private property, they became like a target. So you saw a couple examples of this. So for example, you'd see people mobbing down the street. And if a shopkeeper was out there trying to like stand there so their windows wouldn't get broken, then they became the target. We saw this um, in, um, in Missouri, a couple, an elderly couple walked out on their porch and they held guns because the mob had not only come into the neighborhood, had gone onto their private property. They came out and stood on a porch with guns trying to defend their property and they were criminalized. Not the people that had trespassed, threatening to whatever, do whatever they can do to their house, but the people that protected it. Just like the houses, or I'm sorry, the business tried to protect it. Uh, even, uh, Q, what was the case where the kid uh, shot, had the gun and he shot those people? Um, Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse, right? I mean, they were there to protect. He had been asked by somebody, his neighbor, to help protect that piece of property. I think it was like a car dealership. I forget the details. That wasn't the details? Uh, but then they got singled out and they got attacked. So over and over and over, we can see trying to defend your property becomes a problem. And of course, then you start running this whole campaign about um, defunding the police, um, which strangely enough, I've sort of agreed with, but not for maybe the reasons why you think so. Um, you know, this whole campaign that ran off of that of defunding the police really was about, in my opinion, shutting the police down and like lowering, you know, charges against crimes and things like that. I haven't been a fan of the police budgets blowing up because they've been militarizing, which has been a really big problem. As a matter of fact, we can see from 1977 to 2019, police budgets grew from 44 billion to 123 billion. You know, I believe in the rule of law. I believe that we need a strong rule of law. Nobody wants to be terrorized in their house. And we can see over and over and over examples of countries, but even the United States cities where the rule of law falls down, where crimes aren't in, you know, um, disciplined and enforced when, when laws aren't enforced, the town breaks down. Uh, a good example of that, if you ever want to give a good read, I've talked about it here on the show before, is in Detroit. It was named as a model city. 
And the more they did to try to make that a model city, the more it broke down. And part of it was not really cracking down on crime. Nobody wants to live in an area with high crime. Doesn't matter what level of socioeconomic status you're at. Doesn't matter what race or gender you are. Nobody wants to live in terror. And so while I, uh, I, I don't want to get rid of the police because that is a problem there, but I also don't want the police to become militarized because I don't believe the best way to handle those types of conflicts is through escalation. It's really through de-escalation. And so anyway, that's a whole nother topic, but we can see that $118 billion was spent funding police forces in the U.S. in 2018. And just to put that number into perspective for you, what that means, we can see American police forces um, have the th- world's third most expensive military organization, American police forces. Now, America, you know, 330-ish million people, it's not a small country, uh, but it's also not the biggest, uh, but yet we have the third most expensive military organization in the police after, of course, the U.S.'s official armed forces and then China. So China has what four times the amount of people, but yet we spend more money. So I respect our police officers. I certainly don't want to get rid of the police officers. Uh, I'm not a big fan of them driving tanks and uh, shooting first. I'm not a fan of that. Um, What else? Uh, Some other things that we can see though, is that when they did run these, um, you know, defund the police campaigns in some of the big cities like New York City, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, um, things like that, it sort of backfired. And we saw crimes starting to explode in those areas. And again, because without the threat of uh, jail, without the enforcement of that, then people do more of it. So for example, um, I'm in California here. And of course, I'm sure you're well aware of the story of how San Francisco basically fell into the pit of despair, uh, really led by Gascon, who was the district attorney there. Well, then LA thought that San Francisco fell so hard that why wouldn't LA want to do it? So they brought Gascon down to be the district attorney of Los Angeles. And he came in and put all kinds of crazy policies in place, including deciding to not criminalize and not punish certain types of crimes. Crimes like, for example, underage drinking. So if you don't punish that, do you think more underage kids drink? Um, Things like driving without a license. Well, if that's not a crime, do you think more people without a license drive? Things like resisting arrest. If you don't punish people resisting arrest, don't you think people would resist arrest? I mean, why would I want to get arrested if I could just resist it and not be punished? But yet that we did. And uh, I advise you not to go to downtown LA and take a look. But if you do, you'll see exactly what happens from that. But it's also led to massive amounts of polarization. Now, of course, um, in some schools, even running like on a, like a, the blue line flag, which is like the I support the police, has become like a symbol of hate. It's really created this massive amount of polarization. A lot of it's driven by the media. Of course, it's almost like it's almost like you're living in two different worlds depending on which news source you're living in. If you're watching Fox, you're hearing all about the Biden crime family. If you're watching CNN, you're hearing about all the charges being brought against Trump. Now, both of those things are happening at the same time, but one side is continuing to pound the table on one, the other side is talking about the other, but they're also talking about it from different angles. So for like example, during the pandemic, CNN was like literally running their like pandemic uh, ticker at the bottom, showing how many people were getting infected and how many people were dying, like fear, 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 fear. And so when they ran all types of polls, it was no wonder that the typical base of CNN, the, the left or the liberals or whatever you want to call it, polled way differently on how they viewed the pandemic and what they thought the response should be than the side that watched 
other news sources. Now, this is not an advocate for censoring what we see, um, but it is showing how these types of things lead to uh, massive amounts of a loss of freedom of expression when they start to control that. Now, a lot of it was because people that tried to speak out and provide alternative viewpoints were censored. And so while mainstream media pushed one narrative, you couldn't really get both sides of the, of the aisle. You couldn't get both sides of the, um, to understand the issue on both sides. Now, as that was happening, we saw, like I said, not just the media becoming polarized, but we also see politics being polarized. One thing that, you know, I wrote a book called The Uncommonist Manifesto, just shout out, uh, plug that. <laughs> if you haven't read it yet, you should just go to uh, Amazon and search The Uncommonist Manifesto. It's like a booklet. It's about an hour read, hour and a half read, depending on how, how fast you read. And it was written sort of as a counter to the original book, The Communist Manifesto, which was written by Karl Marx in the late 1800s, I think 1863, which has become one of the number one books in both political science and economics, which is actually really scary. When I read the book for the first time, it was after the 2020, you know, when we had the 2020 riots going on. I remember the leaders of BLM, they said that they were trained Marxists. And so I'm like, well, I believe in going back to the source. Let me read directly from the source material. So they're trained Marxist. What does that mean? Let me go back and read Karl Marx. And so I read quite a bit of uh, the work about him as well as the work he produced, including the Communist Manifesto. And when I read it, I was like, has anybody even read this book? Because I can't believe people would be okay with this if they did. So for example, talking about property, as I already referenced, he writes in the book that to summarize communism in one statement is the abolition of private property. Well, I suppose if you don't have any private property, you might think that's a good idea. Um, but really what the, what the book highlighted was the struggle between two arbitrary classes, the rich versus the poor. Now, I say arbitrary because what makes you rich and what makes you poor? Is it 100,000? Is it 200,000? Is it 500,000? 500 million? And he says that the rich are the oppressors and the poor are the oppressed. So if I make an extra dollar, now I'm rich and so I'm automatically an oppressor now? Like, how do you divide that up, right? But yet, that's what he did. But really, it was about pitting two groups of people against each other. And that's the same playbook that they still do today, which is taking any underserved section of the population and trying to make them victims, which that way, of course, you need the government to help you. Just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I got to take a very quick break and I'll be right back. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about how they are stealing your life. Now, we've talked about it from a very high philosophical level. We've gotten down into a little bit more of the tactics. We talked about it from a perspective of they're stealing your life, such as in your ability or your freedoms. We talked about how they're taking away your rights to um, of human expression, which are obviously uh, innately unique to humans. Um, and now I want to talk about it to a little bit more of a tactical way. And we'll talk about it from an economic standpoint or your money. Now, when you think about it, as I kind of set up in the very beginning from a philosophical level, that I have to expend my life's, my life source, my life's energy in order to acquire the property, money. Money is where I could store that energy so I could use it later. So let's say that I work those extra four hours digging that hole. I get the money. I can save that money. So tomorrow I don't have to work four hours. I can then deploy that money to get the resources that I need. And so that's the way that you can look at money, like a stored source of value, a stored source of energy. But what happens is, as you're probably well aware, at least if you tune into my show on a regular basis, is that when they inflate the money supply, when they increase more money, that means the existing money buys less goods and services. So when you see prices going up, it's not that prices are going up. It's that the value, the purchasing power of the dollars have gone down, so it takes more dollars to buy those. So the reason why this is important to understand is because if I put $100,000 in the bank account 10 years ago, I was going to buy a house 10 years ago, but I thought the market's going to crash. So I'll put the $100,000 in the bank. And now 10 years later, I want to deploy those 100000 to buy a house. But the problem is it will buy me about half of the house that would have bought me before. I still have the same 100,000 currency units, but the value of those currency units have been stolen away, stolen away by the money printer, which is theft. So when you think about that, through inflation, through money printing, they're stealing the value directly from my bank. Without taking my currency units, they just take the value away. But it's a way that they actually steal my life. So for example, you hear about inflation. It's come back down a little bit. It's down to about, uh, I think the latest reading shows 3.2%, up a little bit from the last reading. But to put this into perspective, what does that mean? That means they want to steal only 3% of your life per year. Now, the Fed's target is 2%, so they only want to steal 2% of your life per year. So, uh, you know, only 10% of your life over five years. No big deal, right? Well, if we put that into some calculations, think about it at 8% inflation. This is the last time I ran the calculations, but just for illustration purposes, at 8% inflation, that puts the average income earner in the United States, um, that puts that, that increases their cost by about $324 a month just to have the same quality of life they had before. So with the quality of life you had today, uh, how many times you got to eat, how much clothes you buy, you know, if you're eating steak or whatever it is, to maintain that same quality of life, it went up by $324. Well, if you make $32 an hour, that means you now have to work 10 hours more just to have the exact same quality of life that you had the month before. Now, when I talk about stealing your life, it's because that's 10 extra hours you have to live, I'm sorry, work to have that same quality of life. And that's 10 extra hours of your life that you could spend in a way that you see fit. 
to learn a new skill, to start a new business, to spend time with your wife so you have a good relationship or with your kids so you have a good relationship or in the gym for your own health or whatever it may be. It's your life. You should be able to spend it as you see fit. But now the government has stolen that from you because now you're forced to work those extra hours just to maintain the quality of life. Now, you could not work those extra hours and then you could just have a lower quality of life. Either way, your life has been stolen. I didn't, I don't have the data in front of me. I've, I've used it many, many, many times, but you can see like the average hours of work it required to um, buy the median home in 1970 versus the average hours of work it takes to buy the median home today, the car, et cetera, uh, you know, one share of the Dow, et cetera. And over and over and over, you can see that your life is literally being stolen. Now it hasn't always been the case. As a matter of fact, these taxes aren't aren't super new. Now, of course, if you, if you understand how America was founded, you know that, of course, taxes have always been part of the rub, right? There's the, the great Boston Tea Party where the United States revolted against paying taxes to Britain. They you know, didn't want to pay tax, no taxation without representation. The amount of taxes they paid were minuscule compared to what we paid today. But really where taxes really got their hold, we saw them in the Civil War in the 1860s. They imposed a, um, a tax, a 3% income tax for the war. And then after the war was over, they dropped it. But where, really where the income taxes got ratified were, was in 1913. And what's important to understand about 1913 is why. What else happened in 1913? Well, we saw the creation of both the IRS and the Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve, you know, um, gold had been money for all of history. And now the Federal Reserve wanted to create fake paper counterfeit money out of thin air. But why the heck would anybody want to use fake paper money. Like imagine today someone says, hey, uh, you should start using this monopoly money. Here you're like, no, why would I use monopoly money? I'm not going to do that. And that's exactly what happened. The Federal Reserve said, hey, we printed this fake monopoly money. You, everyone should use it. And everyone's like, well, we ain't going to use that. So of course they had to come up with a reason. How could we get people to use it? Someone had a bright idea. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to create the Federal Reserve and we're also going to create the IRS at the same time. And here's what we'll do. Um, since nobody wants to use this fake counterfeit paper money, monopoly money, what we'll do is we'll create the IRS. And now you have to work all year collecting that fake money so you can send it back to us at the end of the year. Ah, that's a good idea. So we saw the IRS and the, and the Fed um, put into act at the same time. Now, this is why you hear a lot of times something like with Bitcoin where they're like, well, you know, Bitcoin's not, uh, not, not ever going to make it because we, we can't pay our taxes in Bitcoin. And that's where, it, that's where it goes back to, really the creation of that. Now, I have seen a few states, I believe Colorado, I want to say maybe Arizona. There's a handful of states that are now allowing you to pay your taxes in Bitcoin. Anyway, I don't want to go down that path, but we can see over and over this is happening. And of course, this is part of what's known as Keynesian economics. And really more today, it's more pervasive in what's known as the modern monetary theory. And modern monetary theory theorists believe they could just print an unlimited amount of money, which to most of us go, but wouldn't that create a lot of inflation? And they look at it sort of like, um, think about the money supply as like a bathtub where they could print as much money as they want. And if the water level or if the monetary level starts getting too high, then they pull the plug at the bottom, which is the taxes. And then they can just tax the money out of the system and they can fill it back up and they can tax it back out. And somehow they think they can control the entire economy by printing as much money as they want and then just imposing taxes arbitrarily. Of course, we have uh, 
hundreds of years of uh, facts that show that that doesn't work. As a matter of fact, there's been studies that show that regardless of what the tax rate is, whether it's 2%, 5%, or 50%, the percentage of revenue compared to GDP that the government receives is always about the same. And the reason why is because incentives. Here in California, we have uh, legalized marijuana, and they thought it would be a good idea to legalize it and we'll just tax it. And that way it'll be a massive extra revenue source for the government. The problem is that they got greedy and they put a massive tax on it. Now, I don't work in that industry, so I don't have the exact data, um, but they have put a very, very, very large tax on it. So large, in fact, that most of the people involved in the legal marijuana trade business can't make a profit. So something like 60% of the marijuana in California is still being sold black market. So if the state would have said, hey, we'll just give like a more modest tax rate of whatever, 5 or 10%, they would probably take a much larger share of the revenue coming in because everybody would gladly pay 5 or 10% to be perfectly legal. But at 60%, I'll take my chances. I'll just go black market. And so we can see over and over and over again, the more that they do that, the more that they try to steal your life, either through money printing or through taxation, the more people revolt and, and how much it backfires on them. Of course, it depends, I guess, on which side of the aisle you're on, whether you're looking at inflation, good or bad. At the end of the day, what is good or bad? Unfortunately, I think most people today look at good as something that helps them personally, as opposed to like the greater good. I like to think of good or bad as good being something that takes me closer to my goals and bad being something that takes me further away from my goals. But again, when we think about it from the world, it shouldn't be your personal goals. It should be a global goal. And we can see that if we allowed people to have more of their life, we allowed them to build into their own life, their families, their relationships, their health, the world would be a better place. So I don't support the government stealing our lives. But what do you think? I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on social media at one Mark Moss. Let me know. Leave a comment off you're listening on the podcast. Let me know what you think so I can continue to bring more content like this to you. But that's what I got today. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.